No, I think so too because I definitely have some sort of shame about the same thing. I would it's not I wouldn't necessarily say a fear, but I definitely do get uncomfortable. Right. Um I don't want anyone because if I am to if I am to take a shit, I because the best shits are the ones when you can just let loose. <laughs> Why do these niggas exist? My name is Keon, a.k.a. Almighty the DJ. And I am Earl Lonnie Hooks, a.k.a. Young One with himself. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you, Keon, as well. Yes, sir. Another How you doing day? Today, man? I'm good, man. I am great, actually. I'm all great. right, tell, t- tell us about you being great, man. Um, it's why just, are you great? I, because I went fishing today. That's why. <laughs> and I came off the water, and I'm in a great mood. I was in my zen, and I'm ready to go. Um, yeah, but nah, man, you know, I love fall. I love it. It's so beautiful outside. Doesn't the weather change just change everything about you? Like it just. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right, go nah, ahead. <laughs> no, I just feel like that weather change. It changes the the uh, the entire ambiance of of being outside. Um, it changes. You know, it's hoodie season. It changes the way you dress. Like it just changes everything. It just it just brings another feeling it takes away that summer feeling and puts you into that fall feeling you know what i'm talking about i do i love sweater boot pea coat season scarf season i love it all i love i love fall weather i love the the gradient changes in the leaves especially if you are going out hiking and seeing all that sort of stuff i love that i love the crisp air as you walk around i love it all i love it all it's beautiful did, did you go back to great falls recently I did. Yeah, that's where okay. I Yeah, that's where you saw me videotaping that dude. Cuz I was reading the pamphlet by the way, uh-huh. and I did actually want to tell you about that because they said that you can catch bass, catfish as well as uh carp, which uh-huh. I haven't heard you talk about before. So if you wanted to I can throw, talk about that a little bit. If you wanted to throw another fish in your fisher decks, you know what <laughs> I mean? Then, yeah. <laughs> you know Got what I mean? I don't I don't know if you've if you've caught any carp yet. No, but there's actually um, really cool ways to catch carp. Um, carp, they're 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 mostly vegetarian, from what I know. But a lot of people catch them with corn. Um, mm. It's a really interesting bait. But a lot of people catch carp with corn. They like to eat. They like to eat a lot of kind of like just you know vegetable type things. I you you be surprised what people fish with, dog. Um, I watch too many videos. Niggas fish with candy. They fish with hot Whoa. dogs. They fish with chicken uh, drenched in red Kool Aid that sat out Ooh. overnight in ninety Whoa. degree weather. Like, do you they, know, like, do you know what the idea behind that is? Like, why they're well, doing it? Well, it just depends on the fish, honestly. Um, I, um, just depends on the fish. Catfish, they they're savages. They eat pretty. They eat pretty much anything. Um, funny enough, um, when catfish are young, they only eat like seaweed and stuff as they get bigger that's when they actually get the taste for other fish or blood in a sense mm, um that's so interesting. yeah it is but um yeah they eat, they eat whatever catfish will eat raw chicken they'll eat hot dogs right out your refrigerator they eat worms they eat seaweed if it ain't nothing else they eat other fish <laughs> Didn't I tell you that RJ also eats raw hot dogs out the fridge? Yes, like, you did. And I, 
He's just, I mean, they're uh, already cooked. Like, they're pre-cooked. Okay, like, this but is pre-cooked. Like, I can just eat. You just uh, seen him take it out the pack and start chewing on a yeah, cold hot dog. Yeah, just getting all that, all that cold hot dog water in his mouth. Just, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know nah, about that. Nah. But anyway, going back to Great Falls, <laughs> like I was reading, I noticed you could catch those sort of fish out there as well as, you know, go rock climbing. Like, they actually do. Uh, suggest or recommend that if you are an advanced, experienced rock climber that has the right equipment, uh-huh. that you can go out there and rock climb. The person that I saw and I recorded and put on Instagram, <laughs> that person was out there with just a hat and some shorts, some cargo shorts. Like no harness or there was no harness. There was no t-shirt. He was just uh-huh. he was just climbing. I, the very first time I saw him. He was just sitting down in this little cave looking area at the at the bottom, at the base of the uh the mountain. Okay. And he's down there cracking up a bunch of sticks and stuff like that. And you just hear like I'm sitting all the way on the other side of the Potomac River. He's on the Maryland side. And right. I hear this, so I'm like, okay, he's over there making a fire. And then ah. you slowly start to see the fire and the smoke coming off. As soon as he got that fire going. He started scaling up the wall, like scaling up the mountain, the rock. And okay. he was just going and and he was salvaging, like he was going and foraging. He was really? taking little leaves and sticks and stuff like that off the side of the mountain and like putting it in his in his cargo pockets. That's dope. Yeah, and he just just working his way all around it, and then and then came back and threw some more stuff into the fire, and then it became a bigger fire. I was just like, yo, this dude's He's like next level. It was it was like one of the most like, the craziest things I've seen. Like, <laughs> well, you know what? We really don't know what's going on out here because I feel like you asked me not too long ago about um just like being out there, but just thinking about the people that are like really out there, deep in it. Right, they're staying out there. You know, staying there for a few days or just living there, like the Unabomber or something. Yeah, because like, I want. Yeah, because I want to know that guy's story. Like, you just see this very unassuming guy. He couldn't have been a day over thirty years old. He was uh, our age, and he's just climbing the all of these these crazy, insanely immense rock formations uh-huh. right above the Potomac River. Any slip, any fall, there was no room for error or else you're going straight <laughs> in there. And by the way, they say, I think it was from 2001 to 2013, there's a sign when you go to Great Falls that lets you know that there have been 23 deaths in that span of time. That's from 2001 to 2013. They didn't mm. give you from 2013 to now. Maybe they're still putting those numbers together or something right. like that. I don't know, but just so I'm just like, okay, man, like, damn, like, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of that's a lot of deaths. So it's oh, just, yeah. It's, yeah, it was just very interesting to see him doing that. But yeah, um, but you just went there the other day. I did, I did. Um, we, me and uh, Antoinette went there on uh, Sunday actually, and right. we did the Gold Mine Loop Trail. It's a trail on the Maryland side. And uh, mm. it just kind of it goes up into the foresty area that you that's like right before all the major waterfalls. Right. Um, a nice little incline in the beginning. And otherwise, it just goes straight into a loop um, and comes around and goes right back down that hill. But you want to know what I thought was interesting? Remember how mm. not like when we first went to Great Falls, like all of us over the summer um, yeah. before it got too hot and we kind of hiked all the way from one, you know, some other area into Great Falls. At first, I don't even think we knew that we were heading in that direction. Absolutely until, not. 
But um, there's a ton of ways to get in there without paying the $20 admission to park. Right. Be- because <laughs> because on Sunday, I paid the $20 admission to park. Yeah, yeah. And so I, was did a little, I. I, I was a little blown because like as I was hitting the trail, I was like, damn. There's a bunch because there's a bunch of areas outside of there where you can park along the street in front of these in in, uh, in front of these mansions. Right. Um, you can just park along the street and there's several entrances that go right into the park that you don't have to, you know, pay to park. And I'm just like, you better believe if I come <laughs> back to the Maryland side, we parking on the outside and I'm going I'm just hiking in there like fuck it. I'm just hiking yeah. in there. When when Duda and I took that trip last Wednesday and we went out to Strasburg, Virginia, Strasburg, whatever it's called, we were having that discussion when we were walking. I wonder, you know, why certain curated trails you have to pay to get into and other ones you don't, like certain national parks you have to pay to get into. Yeah. And I guess, you know, because when I was there, the person I was with was like, oh, well, this is nature. Why do we have to pay for this? And I kind of thought about it. Like, it is it is it is nature. But there's a whole lot of curation that has to take place in order for us to go and enjoy this nature. Like all these paths, all these huge docks and all this all this area where we get to go and picnic and all that sort of stuff like that's they made that available for us. And in order for this to be able to stay a place that's, you know, nice and not dingy and overrun by a bunch of ridiculous shit in vegetation and animals and things of such sort. We probably have to pay that amount. Like, did you know that there are venomous copperhead uh, snakes out there? Um, I mean, I, I don't think I necessarily knew that specifically, but am I surprised that there are snakes out there? Hell no. And honestly, yeah. I, see, I see them in the pictures all the time on the All Trails app. Oh, okay. I guess I never look at those. <laughs> you all <laughs> look but, at the pictures? <laughs> not, not for Great Falls because I've been there so okay, many times. Okay, like, I don't, okay, yeah, okay. like, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah, but in order to curate that, I, I understand why there are a lot of places where we have to pay money. So that's, so that's what I'm saying when it well, comes to you know paying what? the $20 admission fee. I get An- it, though. Answer me this. Why the Go fuck do we have to pay for a fishing license? No, I got nothing for that. <laughs> because I think that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Having to pay to be able to fish. Yeah, like, I thought that was interesting. Especially like, when... It, like I, Again, I was reading the pamphlet today, and they said that you needed a... You needed Virginia or Maryland license to fish there if you were over the age of 16. Uh huh. But if but if you're a teenager, you know, 16, 15, 13, like you don't have to have a fishing license. Yeah. Like what is so the, I want to know, they like, not, are what? they not taking you seriously because you're 15? Like what? Is, <laughs> right. They, exactly. They don't think like, you bitch ass going to catch any fish anyways. Like, yeah, I like, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know. The fishing license thing is is weird. That's just clearly we just just give us your money. It's it's a racket. It's, right. it's like it's like yeah, it's like property tax. Yeah. Like why are you Absolutely. paying? Like I remember the first time I paid. Like I think the first time I paid property tax, you and I were living together, uh-huh. and that shit came. <laughs> the fucking letter came in the mail, and I lit. I did not understand because what that was. I think that all the previous cars that you had had been paid off because I, I yeah think yeah at they least were just one fun- of them were given to you or something like that. Like yeah, because first- they were tick. They, no, they were all ticking time bombs in which they did eventually explode with me inside yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like so I didn't know what it was when I first got a car. I had to pay. I was like, what is this? You're like, and oh, yeah, you got to pay to have that. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I did pay to have it when you I went to the place ha- yes. and I purchased it. I went to CarMax yes. and I, I gave them the money. I have it now. And they're like, nah, you got to pay a tax to have that. <laughs> and that's only in certain states because there's no property tax in Maryland. Oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah. 
Hmm. However, I'm an idiot because my car is still registered in Virginia, and every year oh. I, pay, I pay that fee. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? What, what's yeah. going? What are you? Yeah. What are you doing, man? <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? You've been living there for like mad, like three years now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> all right man that's, that's fine well all right well listen let's 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 get out of all this nature talk because there's a bunch of people out there who don't give a fuck about nature or life right. in itself so so let's get out of that right. uh i'm in i'm just like you i'm in a great fucking mood uh-huh. i've been having a, i've been having a great few weeks great day that's awesome um it is awesome and i was at work the other day and i was talking to a younger gentleman i believe age of 16 17 something like that and he you was just he works here, and okay. I, and and I don't know if if this is like a clinical depression, if this is a more like a seasonal sort of depression that he's going through, or you know, just or just a rut that he's in right now. But he did say to me at one point, "Or when was the last time you heard like anything good happen?" <laughs> he was like, "He was like, when was the last time you heard of like good news?" Like, honestly, like global or just national, like good news, like something great happening. And I was I was really astonished because I'm like, damn, like, what are you listening to? Like, you're like you're in this bubble, which I don't know if it's the algorithms, you know what I mean, that you've kind of put yourself into by what it is you search on your TikTok and your Google and your Safari and you're this and you're that. But he's only ever getting negative information coming into his life. That's interesting. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I thought that that was really interesting. So I wanted to come in today. And for the most part, I'm just speaking about beautiful, positive things. So to start that off, I would like to read a poem that I read today. And because he's starting at a very young age with this cynicism, I decided I would read a poem called Optimism by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Talk happiness. The world is sad enough. Without your woes, no path is wholly rough. Look for the places that are smooth and clear and speak of those to rest the weary ear. Of earth so hurt by one continuous strain of human discontent and grief and pain. Talk faith, the world is better off without your utterance, ignorance, and morbid doubt. If you have faith in God or man or self, say so. If not, push back upon the shelf of silence all your thoughts till faith shall come. No one will grieve because your lips are dumb. (laughs) Talk health, the dreary, never changing tale of mortal maladies is worn and stale. You cannot charm or interest or please by harping on that minor chord, disease. Say you are well, or all is well with you, and God shall hear your words and make them true. That is all. That is all. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to dissect it. I just wanted to give that as as uh, good faith that this is this this is this is what we're this is what we're trying to do here. Exactly. This is the sort of energy we're trying to give off because there are clearly too many people out here that just think that there is only uh, malignant energies and intentions out here by other people. It's yeah, it's pretty wild. So, so that's where we're going to start off with that. Um, yeah. What do you got? I was going to say, you know, you gotta, 
you got to take the good of the bad. I, I don't, I don't, there, I don't think there's, there's, there's situations I feel like where you, ha- like I said, you have to analyze the bad shit and take from that the goodness. Like there's, right. all, there's, there's got to be a little bit of good in there somewhere, you know. Right. And sometimes yeah, yeah. you, you can't, you know. Obviously, this guy's seeing a lot of, you know, stuff on the internet. Probably a lot of stuff on TV. Right. Um, and sometimes you just got to find it within yourself and not those outside elements um, to just find a little bit of happiness, a little bit of joy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with that. And um, especially since this is sort of a form of art for us. And a lot of it for me, as that was just a test, uh, a testament to is about togetherness and bringing people together mm-hmm. in various ways. I was actually reading um, a story the other day about an artist photographer named Spencer Tunick. Um, this guy just put together an insane art installation out in, by Alexandra Palace. If you don't know what Alexandra Palace is, it's in London. It's a beautiful place. Uh, definitely look that up. But he titled it Everyone Together, in which 200 plus people came out completely nude, but naked, but with just their masks on. Now, it was a COVID-free environment because they tested everybody that was going to take part in this. But they all came, and it was all in the name of liberation and the affirmation of life and breaking down the barriers that clearly a lot of people feel like have been have been reinforced due to COVID and okay. just so, and a whole lot of you know social injustices and things like that that have been circulating the media, uh, the media circuits this year. Um, and I just thought that that was really something fucking awesome to, to, to throw together. <laughs> like, that is pretty interesting. Just a bunch of, just a bunch of naked people coming. Like, were they writing yeah. things on their bodies? Like, were they, nah, was there it was, no physical message? N- no, nah, I mean, aside from, I mean, they were again, shoulder to shoulder. They were hugging. There were things like that. that yeah. You have to kind of go look at it again. Spencer yeah. Tunick, everybody together, but I just thought it would be really cool. I was trying to put myself in the, in the shoes or <laughs> shoes, ironic of the P of these naked people <laughs> that are just coming together. And I, I just, to experience something, one that communal, but also just that vulnerable and that liberating that just everyone just be in that natural state yeah. of, of being in the nude, you okay. know what I mean? Together, especially in this day and age, I just thought that that was probably a super wild uh, experience to take I part bet. in. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Especially and again in the name of art, like uh, I think the the director of uh, of the company that kind of helped put this together back it said that art is at its most essential when it is for and about everybody, mm. and I couldn't agree more, especially in these times because, like we keep saying, too, people are going through too many things and people are feeling lost and feel like they're in these murky, dark waters of isolation and, you know, polarization and things like that. So things like that, that, that things like that are awesome to me, like 200 plus people coming together naked in front of a beautiful palace in London, holding hands, hugging each other. Everyone's safe. Everyone's virus free. And we're doing this in the name of art. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. So virus free. Yo, so speaking of the virus, I told you I had a story to tell you, uh, you know, some shit that happened at my job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So let's do it. 
I got actually I got two of them. I'm gonna try not I'm gonna try not to drag them out. All so right. the first one, and this is gonna go back to one of our previous pods. So these two women come in, right? One of them has a tiny dog. Okay. She has a tiny dog. <laughs> oh, and she here comes we go. In, she comes in the store with the tiny dog, and the other ladies with her. They're looking around. Blah blah blah. And so this security guard comes into the store and he looks at her and he says, ma'am, you're not allowed to have dogs inside the mall. And of course she responds and says, well, it's a service dog. And he responds back to her and says, oh, well, you know, normally service dogs, they have a vest or something about them that lets you know that they're a service dog. Obviously, this little, you know, Shih Tzu or whatever the fuck it was did not have one of those. Right. And so her immediate response is, well, in 1990-something, Attorney General blah, 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 said that dogs don't have to wear those under under a certain size and blah, blah, blah. Damn. And so, yeah, she was ready. She hit that nigga with the litigation. Yeah. (laughs) She was ready. Yeah, she sure was. This was was not her first rodeo, by the way. No, it was not. (laughs) Yeah. And so- he looks at her, he kind of stutters over his words a bit, and he says, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check on that. And he kind of rolls out, never to be seen again. Okay. And it's just so funny to me how some of these people with their dogs be. Um, because, I, I don't know, I feel a certain way about dogs in that type of environment. I've watched way too many dogs, you know, pee in the middle of the floor, take a shit on the carpet, in the, and like in the mall, not just anywhere, in right. the mall. You know, I've worked in a few different environments um in retail and i find it really amazing that these people want to bring their dogs all the time but i also think it's like well if he doesn't wear a vest how is one to know if if he's a service dog or not he or she is a service dog like is there a card that they carry do you know anything about that at all uh usually that little vest that he's talking about has a little card or like some sort of like certification inside of it sort of like how in your wallet there would be a little plastic slide where you would put your ID so you could flip it open and look straight at it. Right. Usually there would be like that on a service dog. But since clearly in 19, whatever the fuck ever judge said, whatever, whatever, blah, 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 <laughs> that these little dogs don't have to wear one. I guess you would just have to figure out by going and asking and being yelled at. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and also what I've realized is service dog entails a lot these days. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be a, a CNI dog. Doesn't have to be a service dog in the sense that it's it's like about to like secure you from any imminent danger or anything right. like that. It could be you have anxiety. Yeah, you know what I mean, or clinical depression, and this dog is there for that purpose to mitigate that. Right. You know what I mean. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that could very well be be the case. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, it, it entails a lot. It's a, it's a very it's kind of a vague statement these days. So you kind of have to do the research. It's interesting. Yeah, people bringing the dogs wherever the fuck they want to. Pretty much. Um, and so my second one is this is kind of a Karen situation. Okay. So <laughs> this is a Saturday. I'm at work. Hold on, for the people that may not understand, what what is a Karen? A Karen is someone who kind of takes authority into their own hands in a sense. Um, generally, these Karens are middle-aged white women. Generally. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've, seen, I've seen some other Karens, but for the most part, they're middle-aged white women. Mm. Um, 
Well, yeah, yeah, they are. I don't. I mean, that's just so. So, so I just, I just looked this up. What? <laughs> so this is like a Wikipedia description. Okay. Karen is a pejorative term. Pejorative means sort of like a, you know, sort of degrading. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Or defamatory word. Right. Uh, used in the United States and other English speaking countries for a woman perceived as entitled or demanding. Yes. Beyond. Beyond. The scope of what is appropriate or necessary. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, a common stereotype is that of a white woman who uses her privilege to demand her way at the expense of others. <laughs> All right. Now, continue, Keon. <laughs> Let's see so, what we got. So, all right. Because this could easily go two ways. Okay. So, there's like three people in the store. I'm by myself. Obviously, we're short-staffed because of COVID. So... Uh, the other person that works with me is not there. I'm by myself. I'm dealing with three people. They're all very needy people. They all come in at the same time. They all really need my help. They have a lot of questions. They're trying on a lot of different items. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a slow process when you're dealing with people like that. But I'm dealing with three of them at the same time. One of okay. them is the Karen. So <laughs> I know I say the Karen like it's the Karen like, like it's a, like it's the Kraken it's the fucking Loch Ness right. monster or something like this is some <laughs> mythological creature exactly it's the Karen the Karen right. <laughs> but um so I come back out and three more people walk into the store okay every store in this place has a capacity limit mine's is five outside of myself I can have five people in my establishment at one time. So right okay. now there's six. Right. When those three people come in. Yes. So I come out and I don't immediately go to where Karen is. I go over to the other side because I was bringing out some stuff for these other two people or at least one of them anyways. So I see these people in the store. I don't really make a fuss about it because at this point we're at six customers. I'm not going to make a huge deal about it. Right. You know, and sure, maybe that's against the rules, but I'm not going to make a huge deal about it because it wasn't like seven people walked in and now I got nine people in here. At that point, I probably would have said something. I would have had to tell those people, you know, I need some of you to, that's, to exit that, that's the premises. A weird, that's a weird place because if you have six, who do you go? Who do you go and tell if you weren't there to see who the last person was? Well, here's the thing. These people were all together. They could have, oh. you know, they could have stepped out. Um, right, all together, right. I guess. But yeah. I wasn't really going to make a big deal about it. It was only one person over the limit. Okay. Not Karen, though. She was going to make a deal about it. So, oh, Karen okay. is sitting there and she's trying on, you know, her shoes and whatnot. And she looks at these people and she says, there's a capacity limit of five for uh, for this store. Damn. First and foremost, how does she know? Like, is there, well, is there, you guys have like yes, a sign? No, there's okay, a sign. Okay. There is a sign. There is okay, a sign. Okay, okay. I was about to say, yo, she did her research. No, there's a sign. There's a sign. Okay. So she's like, there's a capacity limit for five people for this store. Ooh. And so Uh-oh. it's, it's two, two guys, two guy, um, I'm sorry, two women and one man. One of the women looks at her and says, oh, okay, thanks for telling us. Kind of brushed it <laughs> off, like whatever. <laughs> not, not, in a, not in a malicious way. Um, no, but but he know. also didn't take heed to it by walking out of the store or yeah. trying to. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So she, you know, she looks at the Karen and says, you know, oh, okay, thanks for telling us. And 
so obviously that was not enough for this lady. That, that is not what she wanted to hear. So she, you know, after that reply, she replies back and says, well, there's, you know, there's a capacity limit for a reason. You know, they're only allowed to have a certain amount of people in here because of COVID. Mm. And so this lady looks back at her and says, I'm sorry, do you work here? Oh, see, and they, that. <laughs> she's she's yep, like, yep, there you go. That's it. She's like, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, she lit, do you work she here? lit the fuse. She lit the fuse. <laughs> and, and so Karen, Karen looks back at her and says, no, I don't. But I am trying to protect myself and others. Mm, okay. Okay. And. So the lady looks back at her and she says, okay, but you're also in a mall with several hundred people in the building. Mm, hey, look, they both, they both coming back and forth with the facts. And, like. and, I'm, and I'm, I'm just sitting over here. I'm not even facing that situation. I'm over here helping somebody else. I'm talking to the customer like that shit ain't even going on in the background. Oh, so the, oh, so this is all an earshot. Like you're just. Yeah. Oh, yes, I can hear it. I can hear it. I'm just not paying it no mind. Okay. And the people that you're helping aren't paying it any mind either. Like you guys are no, trying to but do your own we thing. We all can hear it. But though. everybody's secretly Everyone listening, though. can hear the altercation happening behind oh, us. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. And so, okay. Yeah. So she's like, you know, but you're also in a mall with several hundred people. And so Karen looks back at her and says, well, you know, this is more of an enclosed space. And they that's why they have the capacity limits. They're there for a reason. Oh, my goodness. And They're so, really hashing this out. Like. Yes. And so the lady looks back her looks back at her and she's like, so are you kicking me out? Are you, is that what is that what you're doing? You're kicking me out? Oh, the, oh boy. Oh, man. This is really like this is escalating. Yeah. <laughs> this is escalating quickly. And she's like and she looks back at her. And this is kind of where where I kind of like lost a bit of the conversation but it was along the lines of well i'm not kicking you out but i am politely asking you if you could you know obey the capacity limit and vacate the premises yeah, basically. Im- immediately ba- yeah. basically basically right i can't throw you out but it'd be nice if you walked yourself out right now <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> yeah and so this is where so like i said it was two women and a man this is where the the guy he comes out of nowhere and he's like, okay, you know, let's just let's just go ahead and get out of here. Let's just leave because obviously he can tell that things are getting a little testy, right? And so at this point, I turn around. You know, these people, you know, they're exiting the premises, and so the Karen kind of turns around in our direction, and when I say our, I mean me and the other two women that were in there, right? And she's just like, wow, like that was crazy. <laughs> you gotta love perspective yeah <laughs> and so i categorized it as a karen situation because she really you know yes 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 we're in a <laughs> pandemic we are yeah. in a pandemic yeah these there are rules set in place to protect yes. us yeah. from the pan from the virus that's going around right but it's just, I guess it's just like, at what point do you have to kind of draw the line? I saw it as one extra body in the store. I didn't mind it. I wasn't going to kick them out. Right. 
Karen saw it. One extra body. We don't necessarily have to be all on top of each other. There's right. probably enough square footage for there, us to stay is. apart. And because let right. me tell you, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. And 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 obviously Karen doesn't know this. My store capacity is actually six. I made it five. Ah, uh, wait. Why did you do that? Oh, because you don't. You just don't want to deal with like that one extra person if you don't have to. Yeah. Because I mean, they, they left. They left it up to us. They right. like they told us your capacity is six, but you can you know you know you can do whatever you want. Right, obviously, if you don't feel comfortable with that, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to put it at like one or two. You know right, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, because, that'd be ridiculous. Because yeah. then you're not making any money. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, but I set it at five, and I just thought it was really interesting that she felt the need to jump out there and assert herself in this authority that she doesn't have. Yeah, that you know, okay, that yeah, I I completely understand that because if anything, I mean, she could have tapped you and be like, hey, is this is this all right? Like, is this exactly. is this okay? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Because I I because I don't see the person that's running this store making a big deal out of it. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. If it, right. honestly, had she come over to me and said, you know, you know, I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to bug or anything like that. Right. But I know your capacity limit is five. There's six of us in here right now. And I just, I don't really feel comfortable. I like to shop, but I don't really feel comfortable. And, you know, on a, you know, if you don't do something about it, I'll, I'll probably have to leave. I, I would, I would have asked those people if they wouldn't mind stepping out or at least one of them. Cause I know that they were all together. Right. I right, would have right. asked if there was some way that one of them could step out for a second, you know, while I was able to help these other people. And get them out of the store and let them in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, had yeah. she done that, I would have been completely okay with that. But I wasn't okay with her jumping out there and trying to she kick said, people. Trying she to said, kick. She said, "Nigga, I don't need you. I got this. Don't yeah. worry about it." Yeah. Damn. <laughs> nah, yeah. that's um. Hmm. It, it, so you know, there is a lot of perspective to look at in that situation because maybe I was the asshole. You know, I knew that right. there were six people in there at the, at that time. Maybe I was the asshole for not having them leave so that someone in here didn't potentially get sick. I mean, granted, we're all wearing masks, but, you know. Yeah, I, guess I mean, again, rules, I, right? I see a little bit. Yeah, I see a little bit of fault on everybody's side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you being the, the authority in there could have stepped up and tried to stop the whole situation. Right. Um, or at least tried to curtail the aggression that was coming there. And then Go ahead. And, and then I'm just also when it comes to to uh, the Karen lady, it's just like, OK, you're in here with five people, but you're not OK with six. Yeah, yeah, no, that is. No, it is interesting because, again, that five, like she's looking at that number that you guys pasted on your front door. Yeah. And to her, that is law. Right. And that, and that number means something for a very, very specific and right. definite reason. Right. You know what I mean? So anything over that is, oh, no, we're okay. Hold on now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> hold on. Like, now we're in danger. Right. Like, we you can't do that. Yeah, so, yeah, now nah, that, that is really interesting how people's brains work. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's but interesting. Yeah, I, I wanted to get I wanted to get those out the way real quick. <laughs> that, is, that, that is all right. We're going to we're going to continue talking about um, ethics. And in perspective on things, because uh-huh. clearly you you saw you called me earlier and told me that you saw the Instagram uh, the Instagram post that I had about right. the little pseudo book review that I had on Bad Blood, right? Written by John Carreyrou, who's a Wall Street Journal journalist. 
This was an absolutely amazing book. Did you do you did you know anything about Elizabeth Holmes before you watched that video that you know I what? put up? That name rings a damn bell for some reason. Yeah. It sounds very familiar, but I'm not it I'm not gonna should, be able to pinpoint though. anything. It should though, and that's what's interesting to me is that like more people don't know about this story, but she was too hastily in my eyes, and now in people's eyes that read this story, decreed the newest Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. Mm. You know what I mean? It was like the first female, you know, startup tech billionaire. Mm. She was a Stanford dropout. I believe her mother was a heliophobe, I think it may be called, the people that are afraid of blood. Like they, okay. have, a fe- they have a fear of it. She okay. was, Elizabeth was afraid of needles. And she she tried, it started with just like the best intention. She really wanted to make a world a better place and bring in, uh, again, a uh, revolutionize the medical field by making blood testing like the easiest thing ever so that you didn't have to go to some blood testing site, get a bunch of blood taken out by a needle, wait a few weeks so that you could finally get the medication or whatever it is that you needed from your doctor, whatever surgery you may need, whatever. She was she was just going to take just a prick of the finger. It was going to be a drop of blood and it was going to be something about the size of a credit card. You know what I mean? There's just like a little cartridge that you would put it on there and it would take like 24 hours or so to read. And then that information would be corresponded with your with your doctor. And then you guys could continue from there on. So it was going to be the easiest thing ever. And suppose she was she was very brilliant, very bright, a lot of charisma. And she was just able straight out of college. Again, she dropped out, but straight out of college to start getting investors. She knew a couple people with some money. So that helped out a lot, you know, start like millions of dollars and just continued on and continued on. And she had mad laboratory advisors and directors and analysts working in this company, in this building for years and years and years. And she just kept getting investors money even though there were mad regulations that like she wasn't going through in order to like really get this thing through to the public. It was absolutely insane. And people kept people that were actually working deeply on it and understood what was going on, kept saying, Hey, we can't like, we can't keep bringing this to people saying that it works. We can't keep bringing this to investors. We can't keep bringing this to Walgreens in Safeway Mm -hmm. and all these other people saying that this works. It doesn't really work. Like there's a lot of things that's wrong with it. They were they were started faking tests, faking results, Damn. getting getting results from other blood testing sites and then you masking it and using it as their own. There was a bunch of wild shit going on. And I guess it wasn't really so, so bad, excite, excite, uh, except for the the coaxing these investors out of all their millions and millions and millions of dollars that ended up getting to nine billion dollars where she. Uh. Where she, her stake in it was $4.5 billion, right? Until it got to the point where, okay, we're putting this out to the people. Then they put it out to the people in Walgreens in Arizona. And it got to the point where people were going and getting false positives and false negatives. And they started to realize that. And they started to have complaints. And people that don't quite understand what a false positive, false negative is, if you, if you have a false negative that means that you could you getting your blood results back and they're telling you that nothing is wrong 
all your glucose levels are right, your potassium levels are right, your iron, everything is great. You're healthy as an ox. But in reality, you're about to have a heart attack in the upcoming months. So there are plenty of things wrong with you. You need to see a doctor immediately and figure this stuff out. But now you think that you're fine because of this faulty equipment. And then you go off and then you end up dead or having, you know, now your issues have been compounded. Or you can get back a false positive, which would mean that you're being told that you have an issue that you actually don't have. So now you're getting you're taking medication or you're getting a surgery <laughs> that is completely unnecessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're spending thousands of dollars going through these procedures like it's like there's a huge issue there. There's a huge issue of, of ethics in, in, in values and morals in the in the medical field if you're just allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is and this is what this company was doing. Theranos, which is a combination of the word therapy and diagnose. There, did someone just make that up? What the fuck? Uh, I'm just, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Theranos. Na- Theranos. Uh, wow. Yeah, but I just thought it was like the craziest story. Like, this, like this was a real thing, and like mad people don't know about it. Like, they were any time in this building where somebody would start slowly speaking out on what was going on in the building, mm-hmm. or not completely 100% blindly comply with everything that was <laughs> taking place, they'd get fired. Dang. Like there would the turnover rate was insane. Like they were just firing people left and right. You know what? All the time. What? Um well no, that just that because I, I was gonna have something to follow that up with, but now that you said that, what I'm about to say makes even more sense. Okay. Um there's a movie, um, it's called uh The Messenger, starring mm. Jeremy Renner. Okay. Um, awesome actor. So he plays a journalist named Gary Webb. Gary Webb happens upon a story. I'm reading a little synopsis here, a little okay. summary for you. Happens upon a story that not only leads to the origins of America's crack epidemic, but also alleges that the CIA was well aware of the dealers who were smuggling cocaine into the U.S. and using the profits to arm Nicaraguan rebels. Despite warnings to halt his investigation, Webb keeps digging and uncovers a conspiracy with explosive implications. As a result of his findings, Webb's career, family, and life come under threat. And the reason that your story made me think of that is I'm thinking of uh, the person that wrote this book that you're talking about as sort of a, kind of a whistleblower in a sense. Yeah. Um, and I was that's, definitely thinking of Edward Snowden a lot when I was reading this guy's oh, yeah, account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, all that, all that shit is, is kind of the same. Um, but a little bit of what happens in in this movie is he comes across some information um, from a very unlikely source um, about the CIA, you know, basically putting drugs into um, communities of poverty, mostly right. black communities and right. kind of starting the crack epidemic. And like he's doing all this research um, he's got people outside his crib, watching his house, watching his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like really doesn't want to give the story up. He ends up having to move away from his family's house, trying to keep them safe. Um, and it's just the craziest story. Like in all just out of nowhere, um, all of his leads dry up. You know, people that he went and talked to are saying that they never talked to him. Uh-huh. And, you uh-huh. know, people are... It- 
you know, people are telling him to, you know, you know, shut this shit down, um, you know, like the higher ups or like because he, he worked at like a real, real small newspaper, you know, in some real small town. in like I want to say California or something like that. And like, you know, the higher ups, he's get agencies are calling his boss, telling his boss that they need to quit the story. And, you know, he's just like, you know, not willing to give it up. And like, essentially it, it ruins his life. Um, and it's funny, there's this one scene where he ends up winning this award. I don't know, let's just call it journalist of the year or something. It was some highly regarded award. He okay. goes to the ceremony. The ceremony doesn't happen until after, you know, he start like newspapers start, you know, saying that, you know, what he's saying is a lie. Corroborating his story. Oh, wait, no, he, no, you no, said- no, no, they were oh. trying, they were shit, they were digging his grave. They were shitting oh, on his Oh, okay, okay. And so like this award ceremony happens, he accepts the reward, the award because it's already been given to him. But like when he accepts it, he gives this little speech. No one claps. No one except his wife and his kids. Nobody in the room claps at all. And it's just the most awkward, cringeworthy thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's and, mad eerie. Yeah. And so, like I said, it just it, spooky. it ruins his life. There's people outside his crib, uh, you know, watching his house. Um, it just and there was this one crazy scene. Uh, I said this is the last scene I'm gonna talk about. If anybody wants to watch this, it's the last scene I'm gonna talk about. But there's this crazy scene where like um, I forgot what happens. If something happens at his crib where the police get called, and just out of nowhere, these guys, like these two guys in suits just go into his crib like they're the policemen, <laughs> go down in his basement, and they're just looking through files in his basement, you know, turning on computers and whatnot. And so he's going, he goes down there, like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing in my basement? No Yo, crime, like, it, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but that's what it's like. When you're talking about something like that, or you're talking about the government, or, yeah. a, cart- or a cartel, yeah. or a mafia, yeah. Or a nine million or nine billion dollar conglomerate. Yep. You have to understand these people got they got <laughs> they got skeletons. They, and they don't want this they shit got, to get out. Well, not only do they have skeletons, but they have reach. Right. They have reach. Their voice, their money, it goes through caverns and valleys right. and deserts and oceans and mountains. They got reach. They have the I mean the sort of things that they can pull together, the resources that they have are limitless. Yeah. They just you know start- what I mean? So you have to worry about your life. That's what I was thinking the entire time. Just like that guy, mm-hmm. th- John Carreyrou, who wrote this story, mad people were telling him, you, you might need to stop. Right. <laughs> you might you might need to stop. Like, these people are going to stop at nothing to ruin your life. Right. You know what I mean? You already got people breaking into cars, stealing Stealing information like you don't know how far this is going to go in that Theranos building. That would have been the most interesting place to work. Those people have stories. Yeah. (laughs) Aside from the aside from the turnover, like people just getting fired day in, day out. Mm -hmm. One guy named Ian Gibbons, who is, I believe, a chemist for them committing suicide because of the the, like the just the mental deterioration that started with all the. Go ahead with all no. the responsibility and weight of the knowledge that that person had working in this place and the, you know, the ramifications that it was going to cause once this thing actually did hit the streets. Like it was like absolutely insane. And I, I don't know, man, I, I it, you really ha- hats off to these people that just go up against these these Goliaths. Definitely. 
You know Definitely. what I mean? And and they just they just do it wholeheartedly, knowing that they're trying to bring truth to the people, whether it be Edward Snowden, even though a lot of people view him as a traitor mm-hmm. uh, and not a hero. Uh, you know, this John Carew, it's 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 well, a man is insane. Here, here's the most interesting part of the story. He's found dead in his apartment several years later mm. with two gunshots, two gunshot head, uh, two gunshot wounds to the head. Coroner ruled, right. it, coroner ruled it a suicide. Yeah. See? Yeah. 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 And uh-huh. it just, I, bet, I, bet the, I bet the coroner did. <laughs> and I'm just like two bullets to the head and it's a suicide. Huh? Two bullets to the head. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I bet the coroner did because somebody came to the corner and was like, hey, what, what do you think about this? <laughs> what, 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 what you think? What you think? It was a homicide or a suicide? Which one you think? What you think it is right now? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, it, it was a suicide. He was like, yeah, you fucking right much. it was. Pretty yeah, much. That's a, yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. It was insane. I'm, it was. <laughs> go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the, I mean, one of the last things I'll say about this is there was an anonymous tip or an anonymous sort of informant for this book. They didn't want their name put out there, and I completely uh-huh. understand why. But the person sort of summed up what was going on in Theranos. I thought this was like the perfect analogy. They said, the way that Theranos is operating is equal to driving a bus while building the bus. <laughs> what? <laughs> Someone is going to get killed. <laughs> Driving a bus while building the bus. While building the bus. <laughs> that is funny as hell. That's exact. Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. I think that, again, Elizabeth Holmes had like great intentions and assumed that at some point the technology was going to catch up to the hype. Like, uh-huh. It was going to catch up to it. But it just never did. And it was like, fuck it, we're putting it out. We've told too many people we're, we're out here now. Like, we're, we're putting it out. And whatever, you know, we're going to let the cards fall where they may. I thought, I, I don't know. Last And last thing I heard was now she's, because, you know, clearly after this book came out, everybody and their mom started suing. You know what I mean? Suing yeah. class action suits in Arizona. Absolutely. Investors suing and stuff like that. Last thing I heard, she was now. Trying to trying to pronounce, you know, mental illness or something like that, like to try to <laughs> to try to to try to get out of it. Yeah, uh, some sort of yeah. It's just amazing what a lot of these well-funded large companies and establishments are getting away with behind closed doors. And, and through the reading, I understand it. It's it, at the at the heart of it, it's FOMO, fear of missing out, mm. because there were so many people. So again, so many analysts and. And doctors and lawyers and directors, so many of these people either telling the people in Theranos, if not out of them in one of the investment groups, hey, we shouldn't be a part of this. There's a lot of shady shit going on. They're not letting us see certain things. They're not giving us they're not giving us test results. They're not giving us like they're not showing us anything. There are no demonstrations that they'll give us that really conclude that this is working the way that they're promising is going to work. Like there's a lot of shady shit, but there were so many CEOs, so many people at the very top that were like, listen, uh, I know that I pay you to come and tell me this shit, but I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> the reason I'm going to need you to shut the fuck up, because if this turns out to be the next thing, if this turns out to be the next iPhone, I, I we can't miss out on that. Right. From 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 like a Walgreens perspective, if this shit turns, if we pass up on this, 
and CVS picks it up and it turns out to all be true, we're all out of here. Exactly. Well, you know what I mean? So everybody just kept jumping on his bandwagon like, fuck it, I can't, we can't miss out on it though. We can't miss out. We're just going to have to, we just going to have to take the shot. We're just going to have to see. We're just going to have to roll the dice. And they rolled the dice and crapped out. <laughs> Shit. So yeah, no, nah, I thought that this book is absolutely insane. I was like, I can't believe this is a real thing that happened and nobody knows. About, like, I don't know people that have talked about this that know about this. Like, this was a huge thing. This was a big deal. And uh, good I mean, honestly, the fact that it was only released in Arizona and certain places, there were doctors and people coming back with like bad test results and then emailing Theranos trying to get answers. And Theranos, like nobody was responding to any emails. I bet they weren't. <laughs> like, nobody was saying a word to anyone, giving any feedback as to why something would be off. It was absolutely insane. So it was only released in Arizona, which was it was the Arizona class action suit. But. This number is like ingrained in my head. If Walgreens had released this to the 8,134 other stores in the United States of America, the the ramifications. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, bro. That would have been more. I'll tell you what. People definitely would have known about it then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was absolutely <laughs> insane. But uh, um, but yeah, shout out so, to John Carew. Shout out to the dude in the Messenger that was the whistleblower. And as far as I'm concerned, again, I don't see him as a traitor. I see him as as a as a man of the people. Shout out to Edward Snowden, who's still out there in exile, hidden somewhere, <laughs> just 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 doing phone calls with Joe Rogan. <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he just came out with the second one. I have to listen to it. Um, so I sent you a video. A couple of days ago, um, mm. and I promise, I promise, this is going somewhere. Um, okay. I sent you a video a couple of days ago of you know, was, I guess these two guys, two these two kids fighting in the bathroom, and they <laughs> and they bust into this stall where this kid is sitting there just trying to take a shit, <laughs> and so and the, and there's guys filming this. So right. there's two guys, just imagine two guys just going at it right next to you while you just trying to drop a deuce. <laughs> like, just think about that. While you have someone right outside the stall recording Feeling, it Recording happening. the entire situation. With, with his two friends standing next to him, I believe. Like, yes, there was I a think... total of six people in this video. <laughs> and let me tell you, Earl, uh, I didn't... I, I, do, I wasn't thinking about it as much, obviously, when you asked me this question a couple pods ago. Mm. But I think that that I think that used to be one of my worst fears. Not that situation. Wow. Ex- not okay. that situation exactly. Okay. But I think in the, so a long, like a long, long, long time ago. I think I, w- I want to say I was in like fourth grade, maybe fifth grade. I remember going to the bathroom, having to take a shit, and these two kids from my class also coming into the bathroom. And essentially peeping through the crack in the stall and, <laughs> and, and kind of just making fun of me because I was taking a shit. Yo, hold on. <laughs> you, little Keon, sitting down on the toilet in school with the, with the door shut in the stall, yep. and you just seeing you just seeing a couple eyes peering through the crack yep. in the door, looking and, at you, and just. <laughs> Just giving me all types of shit. Pun oh, intended. No, no pun intended. Oh, pun intended. Pun gotcha. intended. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, 
But yeah, just giving me all types of shit because I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to take a shit. This right. is the, the fourth grade Keon. And it's just like I wanna say every since then, I think my body my body my body essentially trained itself to not take a shit at school. Mm. And I just thought about seeing that kid using the bathroom and these two people busting into the stall. This is just the ultimate embarrassment. <laughs> the ultimate embarrassment. Which is which is so funny because we all shit. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I said that because I know that a while ago we were talking about just just kind of the simple things that we do as human beings um, and get made fun of for it. Like you, you like, you know, I think that you use your brain a little more than the average person. Okay. Um, you obtain knowledge um, at a rate that a lot of people don't do. And right. we, as your friends, sit <laughs> back and we call you Big Brain Learn World and we call you Earl Luther King. And we and we make fun of you. Yes. But it's all in, you know, it's all in with good intention. It's not, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. just interesting how we can make jokes about things like that, about you continuing your path of, <laughs> of, of, of you know, learning and whatnot. Yes. People yeah. sitting on the toilet to do something that people do every day. Yeah. You just make fun of people for certain things like that. And I, I think that's really <clears throat> interesting. No, I think so, too, because I definitely have some sort of shame about the same thing. I wouldn't say, it's not I wouldn't necessarily say a fear, but I definitely do get uncomfortable. Right. Um, I don't want anyone because if I am to if I am to take a shit, I because the best shits are the ones when you can just let loose. <laughs> like if I just if I could just have wherever I'm about to take a shit, I could just have it soundproofed around. So yeah. I can play music, scream, grunt, let just fart, <laughs> like let just let it plop against the water and smile about it. Like whatever it is, if I if all that could happen at once, play heavy metal, like, oh, <laughs> like I would do that. But um, like I, you know what I mean? But I don't want to try to like hold back yeah. while while I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah, and so like a, there's a shame. A, you get a nigga to walk in there just like, God. Damn! What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> all, yeah. all you can all you can think about is damn. That was me. Damn. Yeah, because yeah, there've been, been times where there've been times where like where where I've walked in a bathroom. There is somebody fucking a bathroom up like that, and then there's another guy maybe in the urinal next to me or washing his hands next to me. He's like, yo, God damn. What the, like, yo, what the hell? Like, bro, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I wasn't going to say nothing. I was going to yeah, let the man, man, I was going to let the man do his thing in peace. I wasn't going to say anything, man. Come on. Like, don't do that. But um, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you, before we move. So the, oh, I know we're staying on this. I got a few more things to say about this. <laughs> Have you ever seen that article about the guy? He was like in a bar and had the police called on him because I guess he verbally said this. He said, I don't know if he said it to the people he was with or if he said it to a bartender um, or a server or whatever. But this man's, I guess, told someone that he was going to blow up the bathroom. <laughs> and he, but oh. he, did, he didn't mean it. 
in a bomb he, sort of way. Of, yeah, he didn't understand yeah that that slang terminology. Yeah. So this man had the police called on him Damn. because he said he was going to blow up the bathroom, and all he was really talking about was going in there to take a shit. First and foremost, <laughs> why are you at? I, see, but here's another thing. See. I feel like, again, there's balance. There's balance that has to be found because I think that you and I are probably a little bit too far on the spectrum of bashfulness. You know what I mean? Uh But then there's also another side where, like, relax. (laughs) Why are you at the bar and letting people know, like, you're about to go blow the bathroom up? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you have a little shame. Just like a, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, have some couth. Right. Like, you don't have to just, like, tell, like, proclaim to everyone at the bar what you about to go do in the bathroom. Don't go in there for another 30 minutes. Yeah, like, (laughs) come on, you know what I'm saying? So, it makes me think of our friend, the same friend that has no shame going into his, and we've talked, we've had this, because I think you saw a tweet or something a long time ago about the person that uses the community microwave at their job. And, ah. and cook and cook some some real pungent stinky <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Whether it smells good or bad to them, you understand that it has a very poignant smell. Right. You know what I mean? That's going to penetrate people's nasal cavities. <laughs> Absolutely. That you know shit what I'm saying? Going to clear up sinuses. Yeah, and I think he would cook this. Uh, I don't know. It was like this bagged Brussels sprout or something like that. But when uh-huh. the bag like bursts open, like it was just a really <laughs> rank ass smell. And yeah. there would be people like, yo, like, who keeps cooking this <laughs> shit here, bro? Like, stop cooking this shit. And the guy we're talking about, he had no shame. He's like, man, I'm listen, I'm eating this food. I like it. I'm cooking it. You know what um, I mean? And, I, and he and he has the same idea when it comes to taking the shit in public places. He's like, ain't no shame in my game. I'm letting it loose. Like, I'm out here. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, man. Like, I guess, you know, we just differ in that. I there's just a, can't. There's an episode of Rick and Morty in the latest season where where Rick literally teleports or either teleports or, like, flies to another planet where he <laughs> set up a bathroom for himself. <laughs> and he goes there only to take a shit. That is fucking hilarious. The things that the things that Rick goes through <laughs> sometimes, like the like how he uh, powered his car. Right. Remember how he found out how he powered yes. the car with the universes oh, yes. inside the uh, universes, small universe powering his car. But, oh my gosh! But now that you brought that, I mean, are we gonna are we gonna hold the creators of Rick and Morty? Responsible man, um, <laughs> are we gonna are we gonna hold them accountable for what they did, or are that, we just gonna? Or are we just going to talk about how much, you know, the, the cartoon makes us laugh? I mean, we I guess, you know, we ha- we can talk about it. We can hold them accountable. I can't I mean, promise I- you I'm not going to I'm going to stop watching the show, <laughs> but we can definitely call him out for that bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. His, what's his name? What is the Rick? What is the remember. Rick? That's all right. I mean, but pretty much. I mean, what was what was the gist of it all? Rick and Morty I creator mean, here. He, he had like some little, some little show or some little low budget ass show he was trying yeah. to create. And I believe co-creator Dan Harmon. Yeah, yeah, I think a, it was Dan Harmon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, in the video, like he's given, he's given like advice to uh, to someone. He's like a therapist or whatever, right. and like he's you know telling the telling the guy to you know put put his baby to sleep. And you know, put the, put put his baby to sleep a little early or something like that tonight. Right. And after the guy leaves, he's like, "Yeah, 
or you know, thanks for doing that because blah blah blah. And right. so, his, and then it, his, and then it sort of pans to him crawling putting, through a window yes. late at night and oh. and raping and a baby. Yeah, I mean, like there, there's a baby doll in a in a in a in a yeah, crib. It's, it's a doll because this is a production. And he, yeah, and he walks over to it, lurching over it. You know drops what I mean? So now drops his draws a little drops bit. Drops his pants. He's bare assed. And then and, he slowly starts to put his penis over top of the baby doll, and then it fades to black. And well, then you start on, to hear the and screams and cries they, of a of a baby. Yeah, I was gonna say they and they had the nerve to put the baby like baby sounds in there with the baby crying. Like wow, like yeah. Now supposedly really this is this is something that had come out. I mean, they made this many many years ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But but I guess well I guess he apologized for it like two years ago. But then the clip resurfaced and a bunch of hashtags came out because of the you know protect the children. Uh-huh. So the hashtag that's going around right now because of children being you know sold and and shipped and uh-huh. kidnapped and all these sorts of things. So they're trying to double triple down on holding people responsible for this sort of idolization that's clearly being very insidiously corrosive to people's minds you know what i mean when it comes to the whole thing like this isn't really something we should joke about or make skits about not in that fashion yeah i uh, just i don't know like maybe I, yeah, my was, moral, yeah, was, maybe my moral compass is a bit too high but i just don't know how you how you just like how you how right. you make something like that yeah like that's yeah. wild that's i super made fun wild. of a lot of things but i i could yeah nah I, like, yeah. that's just really wild yeah, so I don't know if they're canceling the show now or not, or no what's idea. going on. It, it was taking forever for season three or whatever we're on to get produced anyway. I mean, if if they do, it was a great fucking run. It was a, yeah, it was a yeah, great that, run. yeah, that yeah, that's for sure. But that yeah, that was insane. Yeah, you can't do you can't do shit like that no more. Nah. Woo! Nah. All right. Uh, what else? What else you got? What um, else you want to talk about today, my man? I do have this. Go for it. So. Marriage is obviously Ooh. a topic of my life right now. Um, I'm engaged to be married. Um, hoping to do that in the next couple of years. Um, and it got me to thinking about some of the people that get married like three, four, five times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I just and I just be wondering like what goes through the mind of that person's family member like are like because a nigga like me I'm gonna be sitting here like damn are we really doing this again <laughs> like is this is this happening again for real right for, you know like like I don't even know if I'm going to attend the third one I don't know that I am like this is just like okay. you know, it's it's almost like you know just get your shit together or just be single my man like this shit is wild <laughs> like this shit is super wild. That's interesting. I just had a conversation with someone that went to a wedding and they felt like it was the weirdest like staged thing ever. They they sort of the way that they Yeah, the way that they uh sort of expressed it was it felt like you were on a punked scene. Holy shit. Like like yes, it seemed like you were on one of those prank television shows and you were the only person that wasn't aware Holy that you shit. were on the television show. It was like it was just like weird and just eerie, creepy. It just seemed forced. A bunch of the people there didn't know each other. Everyone's introducing each other to one another. And it seemed like there was, there was just no real links. A lot of the, the 
because this is the family that's talking, by the way. The person uh-huh. that went to this, it was their family member okay. getting married. And they hadn't even met the groom. Oh, that's why. Yeah, like they met the groom while taking a picture with the groom. Oh, that's that's why. <laughs> yeah, like it was just like a lot of a lot of like weird factors that went into this thing. But she, oh my gosh, dude, just being just being trying to put myself in this position. They said when they were walking down the aisle, it just seemed like they just everyone was standing up and clapping. But it seemed like the fakest thing. Like no one really wanted to be doing it. <laughs> But you're just doing it because you feel like you're obligated to. Like, it's the thing you're supposed to do at a wedding when they're walking down the aisle. You know what I mean? You have the flower person, little flower girl, flower boy, whatever, throwing the flowers and people clapping and they're walking and smiling. But it just seems so unnatural. It, It was like, ah, like that sort of feeling. So for me, I think I would continue to go to the weddings if it seemed healthy and the people were in love and they truly feel like because. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't. You know what I mean? So you're saying, like, get your shit together. Maybe they're feeling like, hey, I got my shit together, and this is the one. Maybe the last two weren't. Are you, are you sure? You know, but are again. You sure? I, yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> but I. But if they say yes, then how much further do you take the conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to take that, right? <laughs> yeah, you just got to take it for what it is. So, again, if, if I love the person and I feel like they truly feel like it's healthy, and it's 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 a loving, caring situation, and I can sort of see that. That's where my critical analysis takes me. Then yeah, I'm with it. Like go ahead, but now nah, I. But what I did tell this person I was having this conversation with the other day is I will not go. And this goes for anybody, anyone listening that's close to me. Know this now: <laughs> if you are getting married to someone, and you just expect me to be there just on the strength of you getting married, even though I seem or I deem it, or it's kind of, it's kind of a thing. It's maybe implicitly known to the people that are close to you that this is a very, very bad idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go and, and clap and, as you walk. Right. I'm, I, I'm not going to do it because I don't support it, and I'm not going to sit there and act like I do. I, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. So just, so just know well, that it's, now. It's funny because at the beginning of, of like when the ceremony starts, one of the first things that is said is, you know, basically all you people here that are witnessing to this, you know, witnesses to this today are essentially supportive of this decision. Like it's not those exact <laughs> words, right? but it's it said, that illusion. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's something that's put out there. Like if you're here, then you agree with this. Right, right. Yeah, see? Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Or or I'll tell you what, if I do go, don't be surprised if I'm that one dude. Oh god. <laughs> I if object. I'm that... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is there anyone Objection. here who objects to the act? Me. Me. Earl Lonnie Hooks here in the back. Yeah, me. No, this <laughs> shit is stupid. What the fuck are y'all clapping for? Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> we all know that this is t- they've been they've been arguing for whatever they've been. That, there's domestic disputes at the house. They don't they be hiding each other's money, spending each other's money, stealing stuff from each oh, other. Like what shit. are you, what are y'all talking about? Why are we here right now? What <laughs> are you serious? The food here was shit. Like what? This is the worst ceremony ever. Like y'all gonna act like this is? No, I'm gonna I'm just I'm gonna let it rip. At one point, I gotta do that. That might be. I never. I've never had a bucket list, but that might be the only thing on my bucket to, list. Object to the wedding. 
to object to a wedding that I actually object to, not just to go and be a, be a troll. But if I really, really object to it and it's someone I care for, yeah, I'm, I gotta, I got, I might need to get that off. That's funny as hell. Yeah, people are gonna record it. That's gonna be something that people remember till the hell day they die. Yeah, yeah, that might that's gonna go viral actually. <laughs> um, um, but go ahead. Uh, did you have something? I had something kind of going off of churches actually. Is it about and we're, and we're is talking it we about love marriage? You? Is it we love you. We love you. No, it's not. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I mean, I mean that's I mean that's a real quick one. I don't remember exactly what the what the denomination was, but Okay. I mean, do you do you want to wait? I mean, I mean I mean the whole point of it is that there was a woman that I once knew at a point in time. She told me about a friend of hers that had moved into a new a new residency. It was it was like a small commune, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe she said that all these people were Asian American, and you know they came by at a point in time. You know, did the whole gelatin and apple pie thing that new new, you know, new uh, residents residences get at whatever the fuck suburbs. Welcome I guess to the I, don't, I don't I, I don't know what suburbs these are. I never got you know, a jello cake or any of these sort of things. Hell but no. but anyway, that sort of thing happened. They came over, introduced themselves, blah, blah, blah. Told them, hey, you should come on over to our new church that we have, you know, over here. It's just right down the street, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, sure. That Sunday comes, she brings her daughter. And said things seemed a little weird. Uh, but again, you're going to a whole new church, it's a whole new place. And people do things differently. Again, different denominations. You can have a certain religion, but depending upon which church you go to, people just do things differently there. Little rituals and, you know, uh, traditions are slightly different depending upon what regions you go, what ethnicity, what culture is taking place and what their exchange is with this uh, specific religion. So she gets there and. I believe this is sometime during the sermon or maybe right before the sermon when they say, hey, we have some new people here we'd like to give a shout out to or acknowledge, which if you've gone to church is a thing that happens. It's not a big deal at all. You just raise your hand, maybe stand up, say a few things about yourself. Everyone greets you and says, oh, you know, nice claps or whatever. And then they keep it moving. (laughs) 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 Well, at this particular church, it came to that point. Said, hey, we have Alexandra here for everybody and her and her lovely daughter. Immediately, in a crowd of probably 200, 300 people, everybody turns and looks at her and in unison says, We love you. (laughs) We love you. We love you. That ain't a cult. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, I mean, needless to say, she never went back. Oh, man. I, I don't think she she felt safe trying to get up and jet out of there because she probably felt like she was in the middle of a horror movie. And if she yeah. did, somebody somebody would have tripped her up and dragged her back. They, they would have strung her ass up like they did in the church in Silent Hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think she just stayed there and sort of dealt with the creepiness of that time. And now yes. her daughter probably had a super traumatic experience because that's scary. That is um, really weird. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never went back there. And uh, <laughs> holy fucking shit. But where I wanted to get from was actually something a bit more, again, with the whole underlying beautiful thing that a tone that I'm trying to have throughout this thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> that took that was that deviated from it a bit. But <laughs> I've always been interested in just belief because I, it's the strongest thing. It drives the things that we do, the decisions we make, the choice, the choices. And I, I think it's interesting spirituality, what people's relationship to that is, what it feels like to them and what their very unique novel experiences with spirituality bring them and how they express it. So I think all of that is very interesting. So I, before I really get into some new information I learned, I wanted to ask you what, because you are a proclaimed Christian, correct? Mm -hmm. What was your experience because when was the last time you went to church? Like actually walked inside a church and went through the entire process, like the sermon and all that? It's been several years. Several okay. years, bro. I can't even tell you. But you but you were you an adult the last time you went? Um <laughs> let's say over the age of I'm gonna say twenty one. I'd like to say so. Um Oh, okay. I'm not, so, okay, I'm, so you I'm so you can't 100%. really remember no, the last it's time. Really, you went. it's been a long time. Okay. It's been a long time. Um, well, I went recently, when I say recently, I've definitely gone in like the past few years, um, to a church, Christian church with a friend. And I would go in there and and take my notebook or not my notebook, but just my notes in my phone. And I would just like write notes down, like while the sermon's going so that afterwards I could talk to my friend and sort of just talk about some of the ideas that the pastor went over and understand how he interprets these things, how, just kind of maybe what the Bible's really trying to to zero in on with certain things and how we should take them, how we should interpret them as people, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, this motherfucker was just like, listen, you need to talk to the pastor. Like, you you, you coming in here week after week with these notes and questioning, <laughs> and questioning me for an hour afterwards. I can't answer all these questions. I don't really know. I guess maybe these are things that I haven't thought that deeply about, but you need to talk to the pastor. We need to was- get you a meeting. Was him. this uh was this uh let's call him uh Uzi? Yeah, it was okay. Uzi. It, it was a little Uzi. All right. Um so what was your experience like as a child getting introduced to religion, going in with your family, I'm assuming? Yeah, like, what, I mean, like, I used to go to church a lot with my grandparents back in the day. Um especially like in my, you know, kid to teenage years. Um I went to, you know, whenever I was like um, in Maryland with my with my dad's family, we would you know we would go to church. Very heavy church goers. They all still go to church to this day. Oh, okay. Um, but my experiences with church is, you know, you kind of you you go in, um, you do a little you know maybe you do a little Bible, um, a little Sunday school, a little Bible study. I never went to like I didn't go to a lot of Bible studies, but I definitely went to Sunday school. So that means that the people that I went with went early. So that they right. could go to Sunday school and right. then go to the, uh, the to, uh, to, yeah, go to the sermon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And, you know, through those experiences, it's, a, you know, at least in the churches that I've been in, it's a lot of, a lot of, uh, it's, it's, it can be a, it's, it, it can be a second home for, for people that maybe feel like they don't have a first, um, okay. Or just a second home for other people to go to and just be together and have the same beliefs and to have the same ideas. A lot of uh, camaraderie, um, right. a lot of singing. 
Um, which is probably one of the things I enjoyed the most about going to church is just kind of singing the songs. A lot of the songs would be the same songs that you would sing over and over again. But Lift every voice yeah. and sing to um, let the heaven ring. Yeah, I was on. I was on. I was on the choir. Um, <laughs> I remember those songs. Yeah, but you know all the hymns that you would uh, sing, and just as I got older. I think that the, some of the sermons from the pastor started to make more sense. As a kid, I'm just kind of in there. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of kicking my feet around, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to wait for it to be over. But mm-hmm. as, as I got older, a lot of the sermons started to make sense. You know, um, I'm getting more mature. I'm getting a little smarter. I'm changing the way that I think. And some of these sermons, you know, they they mean something to me. They mean more to me. Um, they're not just stories from a book. Right. Um, but... One thing I can say that I did enjoy about church is is, is really the, just the camaraderie of everyone, the togetherness, um, the, mm-hmm. you know, people wanting the, to... The fellowship. Yeah, the fellowship. Yeah, great work, because um, that's probably what they would use. Yes. Um, you know, just everyone coming together, you know, wanting you to, you know, be, I don't know, in a way, uh, just see the light and just see, you know, see things from, from you know, kind of a churchly, godly perspective. Um mm-hmm. I didn't. I did enjoy. I did enjoy those aspects. Um, church always ran too damn long for me, though. Being in like two, <laughs> two and a half damn hours. I just. You just, were in a, a Baptist church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's me like too. a Baptist Southwest. It's not in Southwest no more. It used to be over there by the wharf. Um, now it's in Suitland, Maryland. But um, um, yeah. Yeah, my was my first first Baptist church over there in Old Town, in Old, Old Town, Town Manassas. Old oh, Town Manassas. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's right down the, the street. What was the demographic like? It's like right. Oh, it was all blacks. Oh, okay. It was all blacks. It's right across mm-hmm. the street from the from the courthouse, right next to the the Seven Eleven over there. Yeah, all all of that, right in okay. Old Town. All right. Um. Yeah, my grandma. That's again, grandma. Uh, my 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 dad wasn't going. My aunts weren't going. But they were just like, yeah, you know, listen, we're working. Your grandma wants you to go, so you're going with her because she's doing <laughs> a lot of ra- she's doing a lot of raising you. So. Yeah, she made us go definitely. There was a point in time we were definitely going a couple times a week because we were part of the choir. So we had to go to choir practice and then we were definitely going on Sundays, waking up super early. I didn't understand the getting dressed up. I never liked that. Like, why do I have to put these clothes <laughs> on? Why do we have to be there for so long? Like the whole day is gone by the time. Like by the time we were getting out, like we'd, we'd get there 7, 8 a.m. and we're getting out by 4 p.m. On Sundays, Ew. so the so now the whole day is gone. We got to go home. We not really much time to play and stuff like that because we got to eat dinner soon and get ready, get washed up, and get ready for school in the next morning. So, like that. So that's what it was for me. And to me, it did just sound like stories being told. Mm-hmm. I never. I guess I didn't. I never stuck around long enough to. I didn't get the connection. I never felt the connection. Um, which is actually really funny because. That conversation that I that fateful conversation I had at Coldstone Creamery with that woman I told you also admitted to me she would wake up in the morning and figure out ways to try to ruin my life. Right. Yeah. We were having a conversation before that happened about religion. She was asking me, Aren't you you know, you religious? Have you found God? Blah blah. And I was like, nah, not not really my thing. Um and she said, Well, don't I'll never forget this. She said, Well, don't you feel like Earl, you should believe just in case. Hmm. I was like, oh, all right, let me. And I'm looking at her wide eyed like, did you really just say that to me? If you truly do believe that there is an 
omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent being that has created everything within the cosmos, everything that we're experiencing in consciousness. Do you really think that Amjian is going to pull the wool over its eyes and, and, and trick it? into thinking that I believe if I really don't believe, believe, believe just in case. That's not really, that's not a belief. That's it's right. trying to trick, it's trying to trick something or people into believing that I believe something that I truly don't. What do you mean believe just in case? You either gonna believe or you don't. <laughs> or you don't. Yeah, there is no in case. Like, what are you, what yeah, are you talking in about? Case. That's in, yeah, just in case hell is real. Like, that's pretty much what she was, what she was trying to end off with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was interesting. So, yeah, I never really got it. Uh, you know, the collection plate never quite understood that. I didn't know if we were like giving the money to God or what, like, why, <laughs> like, why, why my grandma keeps giving me two dollars and fifty cents every Sunday. So my brother and I would just sneak out of the back and run up to 7-Eleven and spend it on candy. Come back, run around the church, be in a bunch of rooms and stuff like that upstairs. We weren't supposed to be in. We're playing tag. We're playing like manhunt in the church and Yo, stuff like wild. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing, just doing a bunch of stuff like that. I don't like even that. know how you got away with that. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, because because we were running around in a bunch of places in the church that no one else was. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we just, yeah, we just run around doing a bunch of stuff. I never, I never quite understood it. But I've always been interested, again, in belief in all these different denominations and how people interact with spirituality. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, I learned the other day. That in Canada, they're doing some they're doing some different shit up there. Okay. The the sixth the sixth religious group in Canada has been um excused or um I guess yeah, pretty much excused of the law that you cannot use psychedelics. They have been exempt from that law. Okay. And and there is a, a Santo Daime church. That is that is coming up. So Santo would translate the holy. Daime is in reference to the plant that is grown in South America that is used for the hallucinogenic ayahuasca tea. Mm. Have you heard of ayahuasca before? Have you ever heard that word? I, I don't think I have. OK, well, it, again, it's a tea brewed. Uh, it's been used in ceremonies for centuries in Central and South America. The mission statement of this church is to provide for transformation and evolution of all persons seeking enlightenment. Um, I think it would be just I think it's really, really awesome to even just go and be able to start looking at psychedelics differently mm-hmm. because people. A lot of people have looked at psychedelics as pseudoscience for for way too long. And there have been a lot of advocates for it and scientists trying to help people understand that they're. That there have been research that promotes or suggests that it does help if done in a proper, maybe shamanic process, that it helps with addiction or depression, thoughts of death in the afterlife and things like that. And I, for one, can say that before my experiments with psychedelic drugs, I definitely I was in a depression um, I was definitely kind of shaky about, you know, the thought of death and what lay after. Uh, definitely ad- addiction was just a thing that I couldn't even really grapple with. Like that was it was just like, I guess this is who I am. I guess I just I'm gonna like these things and I'm just going to do them here. Um, 
definitely think things got much, much easier after having these processes. Six hour ceremonies on average. And there are two types. There's concentrations, which are silent meditations combined with hymns and prayers. And then there's something called inarios, H-I-N-A-R-I-O-S, involving singing and dancing in formation on special festive days. Um, but I thought that that was absolutely that, like, that's awesome. Like that there's the up there, I think in like Winnipeg and in Quebec and one other place, like these, these churches are popping up where they're allowed to bring in these hallucinogenic teas and sit around and, and have these extremely enlightening, you know, otherworldly existential communal experiences together that feel that feel like that take a whole lot of weight off of their shoulders and sort of pull the wool from over. You know what I mean? Like, so where they just seeing things and experiencing things differently. And I just felt like that was a beautiful thing. And that is a church that I wouldn't mind going to and seeing like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like what's going on? Like, because we know of having going, just imagine you having that LSD trip when I gave you that little piece of watermelon candy and you, and you went off and had the experience you had, but you could have had it in a, in a more, uh, I want to say confined, but a more controlled environment uh-huh. with, with shamans, real people that have been doing this, They've had this information and wisdom passed down from generation to generation to generation, and they know the types of uh, the the sort of ambiance that sort of needs to be to facilitate the best way of you having the best and maximized experience from this from this hallucinogenic. I feel like that would be a completely different thing. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, completely, a completely different aura would arise than the one that I feel like you had when you were running down the train tracks with your shirt off. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I, so when I, when I realized that this was going on in Canada, I was like, that's super dope. That's awesome. Because I would like to see us be in a world where people start, where people stop looking at things as just a drug that can only be looked at as a detriment and can't in any sort of way, shape or form expand the mind. You know what I mean? In the consciousness and and help people, whether it be, again, through drug addiction, drug, alcohol addiction or depression or whatever it is, anxiety. I think that that's I think that's really, really dope. Now, again, they don't they don't completely understand the pharmacology of it all. So I'm sure that there can be health risks involved. So I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) um, What do you think about this? So in this, at least in the state of Maryland, I don't know about everywhere else. Right. In the state of Maryland, you cannot buy a gun if you have a medical marijuana card. <laughs> and I think that is, okay. I think that's really, really wild. Because mm. um, like, that's just, that's all the sign said. Like j- just a medical marijuana. If you if you want to smoke weed legally, you ain't buying no guns. Right. <laughs> you ain't right. buying no guns out here. You have to relinquish your right to buy a, to purchase a firearm. Wow. Yeah. And I just, you know, okay. I, I think that that I think that rule it I think it kind of t- I think uh, here, here's why here's why here's one thing why I think it's crazy. 
a lot of people use medical marijuana for things such as heavy migraines or cataracts or something like right. that, you know, right. um, something, you know, and I'm just like, well, why, why can't those people have guns though? Why is that? Because, you know, they use weed to solve uh, issues with health. Um, so, you know, so what's up with that? You know, so what, what if, like, what if, um, what if someone gets diagnosed with schizophrenia and they get put on a certain drug to be able to, you know, relax that? Can those people still buy guns? Right. Or all the people going out getting completely shit faced off alcohol. Yeah. Every those, day. But, those people but, can have guns. Yeah. See, think, yeah. See, that's why there's just a whole lot of ironing out that needs to be done when it comes to a lot of these regulations that we have. In, in America, that's just wild. Well, and here's, and here's another way that I'm thinking about it is like weed at a federal level is still seen as, you know, just, right. just this fucking, oh, no, you better not do that. You know, like a lot of these states are coming around individually, but on the federal level, it's still a big thing. And I just I, I think that weed is also like the people that use weed. I think that the higher ups, they see those people as, you know, they see them as as less than or they're they're minorities um you know so it's like okay we're gonna give them a little bit we're gonna give them we're gonna give them the opportunity to smoke this weed we're gonna make them do it through our channels our legal channels of course but what we also so we gonna can, do so we can is, reap the benefits of course yes but we're also gonna take away the opportunity for these people to be able to buy guns as well i just i think it's bullshit <clears throat> yeah I I, 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 yeah that's I call interesting because yeah, because you're trying to say, like, it's okay, it's legal, so now we decree it healthy enough, or at least or at least not detrimental enough for you to not be able to legally do it. Like, you can now carry this, you can do it, fine. But at the same time, we're also saying, which is, to me, contradictory, we're also saying that it is mentally altering enough, right, in a, in a detrimental way, clearly, uh-huh. that you can't purchase a firearm, But any any Joe Schmo alcoholic can have one, like you said. And how do they even regulate that? If I just go to the if I go to the gun store and I just say, no, I don't have a a medical marijuana card. Are they are they just going to have your entire file? Um, I mean, they may because the fact the fact that it's solely linked to this medical marijuana card, because, you know, people, you know, people are still smoking without those. So the fact that it's linked to that specifically, I'm sure there's something in there where a gun, a gun shop can look you up because they're going to do a background check on you. You know what I'm saying? They're going to do a mm. background check. So that's probably going to be in your background check that you have one of those. Mm, I wonder what it really is, because this is not. This is not really for the care of people. I rarely no, ever think no, that regulations no, put yeah, no. in place are really for the care of people. I could really think for a lot of times they could give a fuck less about the people. Right. It's um, not for the people. But yeah, so I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is they're doing, like what it is they're really trying to regulate. Minorities. Because, <laughs> well, but, because, <sighs> mm, because, okay, so you feel like the link is we know that a lot of minorities are going to try to have me- medical marijuana cards. Yeah, at least gonna, in Maryland, yeah. right? And, and if that's the case, now you cannot hold a gun. If you do have a gun, now we now we know for certain 
Yeah, like you're going, you're going to jail. Like you're getting, yeah. you're getting, you're getting penalized for that yep. off rip. Yep. Ah, that yeah, that's that's because really. I just, I just feel, I just feel like. Granted, we know that you know everyone uses drugs. Doesn't matter what your race is, but I feel like the marijuana aspect. They're they're putting, you know, they like I said, the higher ups they see that drug usage only. They only see like minorities, people that they deem lesser than poor people, things like that. They see those people as the ones that use the marijuana. So it's like, all right, you want to. I guess since there's been this war on drugs and there's a shift, a paradigm shift in the way that we're looking Mm -hmm. at at petty drug crimes and Mm -hmm. people getting released from jail because there are people just like in jail for things that are illegal these days. Right. Then it's like, okay, well, what's the other way that we can still incarcerate? (laughs) Yep. Right, like okay, all right, fine. The weed's legal. You got that. Fine, step out of jail or whatever. Or maybe you're not, or since you've never been in jail, you're not going to jail for it. But I also know that you want this gun, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and make this law. I'm gonna link this law to that one, and then now you it, can't have this law. We still it, gonna get you some way. It's like just because I want to smoke a little weed legally, that means that I I can I cannot protect myself anymore. Yeah, for sure. Because you make it seem like people are just going to be completely aggressively or irrationally aggressive, right? Due due to the smoking of marijuana, which you would intuitively think would not be the case. That it might be quite be the, the contrary, opposite. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, most people don't just get that. I mean, now I'm sure that there are instances with certain people in their predispositions to just get angry when they do anything. Right. Um, but yeah, for the most part, anger is not necessarily associated with the smoking of marijuana. No, it's not. <laughs> so, as a side effect. So that is, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, people are weird. I, you know, whatever. They need to get that together along with you know, this bestiality thing in these 10 states. <laughs> like, they need to get, they need to get some of these, they need to get to get these things together. Right. And again, and again, I, what I think is the, the, the legalization or decriminalization of these psychedelic drugs, especially in, in these controlled shamanic environments. I think that that would be much, again, if I, if I was a teenager and a, of course they're going to be regulation on that as well. If I was a teenager 16, 17, 18 years old, and I was going to go to church and I knew that I was going to have some shaman that has had, you know, years and years and generations and generations of wisdom imparted on me while I go through this extremely enlightening and eye opening experience while I'm with a bunch of people that I love and care about me, like, you know, with fucking candles around and incense going and little hymns and prayers and dances and stuff like that, and all this good energy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be much more <laughs> enticed to, to, <laughs> to go to church. That's for damn certain. So, and, and that's, and that's all, that's all I got on that, man. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Uh, you ready to wrap this hoe up? Yeah. Let's get out of here, man. Go ahead, man. What are, what are your last words for the people? Um, so we talked a little bit about the book that you uh, spoke of earlier Bad in the Blood, pod. Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup by John Carreyrou. Go to our YouTube page. Earl has a small review of the book up there. It's not too long. It won't take up too much of your time. Go right. on there. Listen to it. If you've listened to this podcast, you know Earl is about the book life. 
Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I trust, I trust that he thinks that this book, um, you know, has some great knowledge or is at least a good read. So go check 100%. that out. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Any last words podcast. You can I'm, type sure that you in. Can, I'm sure you can expect to see more book reviews as we are ascending through yes. the content. Yes, that is that is absolutely what's going on. They, they, yeah, this is not the this is not the last. There have been so many books. I don't even know. I was talking to someone the other day. I think this year alone, I there, I might be at like number twenty or nice. so. Yeah, yeah. I'm def I'm definitely running through these. So there are books that I need to kind of go back on, refresh myself, do some do do the ones in the future that I'm reading. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm super excited to continue to do these these really small book reviews. I just want to make it, you know, a, a minute to. Two minute and thirty seconds. I kind of went above that on this one and did three minutes and some change. But I just want to make it easy, digestible. Tell you what I got out of it, why I think it's interesting, why you may think it's interesting. Quick synopsis, bam, get out of there. So, so I'm not wasting anybody's time. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that. I'll, I'll speak on again the whole underlying tone for me in this podcast, which was you don't have. Don't look for the bad in everything. I understand there's this world is very, very large. It's very expansive. It's very thorough. And there's a lot of shit going on in it, bad and good. But, you know, if your feed, whether it be on your Twitter feed, your Instagram feed, your YouTube feed, whatever it is, these whatever's being fed to you, just like whatever's being fed to in your mouth, right, through nourishment, through alimentation, I just learned that one. Um, <laughs> for people that speak Spanish, you'll understand alimentar. If you're being fed these things, you you wanna you want to be cognizant and mindful of the things that you're feeding, not just your body, but your mind as well. It's the same thing. It's all connected. And if your feed is constantly giving you nothing but negative news stories. You should probably try to, I don't know, uh, reassess the things that you're looking for, the things that you're typing in, the life that you are living. Jesus, grab the wheel. Yeah, man. Like you just constantly pretty much in your mind, just feeding it Coca-Cola and cheeseburgers and candy. (laughs) Like like that's not that's not what we're here to do. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to we're trying to get better. And we, we, we all need to make a conscious effort in doing that. So yeah, please yeah start start off with going and reading Bad Blood and coming back and let me know what you think of it. Uh, this has been awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for this. This has been a great one. Yes, sir. Later. Peace.